Me and Safer are packing our bags and we're headed to Boston. And what's one thing we never travel without? It's our instant socks. It's going to be plenty of long days skating in the streets. You know our bags are packed with the Skate Line collection, equipped with extra reinforcement in your toes, heels, and lateral foot. The Skate Line has everything you need for them long days in the streets. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. Yo, it's the ghost and we back You know what I'm saying, I'm watching my quarterbacks get sacked It's a freestyle, it's Sunday I'm about to make it pop, cause you know I'm from the tray Fuck! Yo, so anyways, <laughs> back to our uh, regular programming still It's the bunt, we back, episode 9 Y'all already know what it is I'm the ghost, he's D Jones, and as always, Antoine behind the scenes. It's a cool thing, still. Don's, what's popping this week? <laughs> oh shit, man, I thought we had something going there with that freestyle for a second. But uh, this week on The Bunt, we got a Kevin Lowry interview. Hyped to have him stop by. Then we get into the post office, and then finish it up with the rundown where we're talking NFL Week 6 recap. And then we're going to get into the NBA, where Save is going to break down the Eastern Conference and give us his playoff picture. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. You know what I'm saying? Me and Don Cron are going down to Boston with Wade and Morgan. So, you know what I'm saying? We'll have some funny clips popping. Hit us up on Facebook at The Bunt. Subscribe on iTunes. Just search up The Bunt. And you know what I'm saying? Get that pod downloaded automatically every Wednesday. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Give your boys a holler. Ask us whatever questions you got. Feedback, comments, post office things. The Bunt Live at gmail.com. Turn up, yo. Everybody knows the bunt is for the people. And like we promised you last week, one lucky listener is about to win instant socks for a year. Three quick and easy steps to win this prize. One, the question. Go back, seasons one and two, and figure out who were our two guests who said Lowenbrow was their favorite landing juice. Once you figure that out, slide over to our Instagram, send us a DM with the answer, pick your favorite video or photo we've posted, bless a little repost on your page, tag us and three friends. That's it. Simple as pie. Best of luck to all of you. We'll be announcing the winner in an upcoming episode. This week on The Bunt, we got Kevin Lowry, the man's from Calgary, Alberta, pro for Habitat Skateboards, rides for Adidas Shoes. He's the team manager in Canada. We're super hyped to have him on the show. That's some real talk, yo. So hyped to have my dog, Lowry, on the show. Long overdue. Me and Kev go way back. It's an honor and a privilege to have him on the bunt. You know what I'm saying? Fasten your seatbelts. Let's get into the interview, eh? y'all hey, <laughs> special guest in the building we got the sheriff of calgary kevin lowry the fuck's good my niki miss you doug no not much just got back from the grocery store you know big friday night over here has uh anybody ever called you the sheriff before no 
but uh, I, I'm kind of feeling it already. Calgary is the wild, wild west, baby. And Kev's holding it down. You couldn't even hack it out here. You had to go back out east after like four months. Six months. And yes, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> if it wasn't for you and the boys that were living there at the time, Tyler and Ben and everyone, I probably would have lost my mind and bailed after like two weeks. So <laughs> thanks for being my niggies. All right. So you know what it is. First question, favorite skate moment, favorite sports moment. I would say my favorite skate moment would have to be doing my first kickflip. Pretty much the funny part about it is I couldn't do it forever, so I just had to do a sex change. So, like, <laughs> I was way ahead of the trends, and, uh, you know, that was the first way I did it because I couldn't trick my front foot to not land on the ground. And then, uh, and then I learned it properly the same day, and that was just that was my favorite or like the most accomplished moment for me because it took me like so many years to learn that damn yo so you're mastering them ollies it all makes sense now yeah (laughs) i mean i'm still not very good at flip tricks so probably need more practice favorite sports moment you know i was coming into this thinking you know i don't have one and my tv's unplugged with a sheet over it (laughs) i don't really watch it so i was thinking i don't have any sports moment but now that i think about it my brother he was a figure skater, and I remember being like eight years old and watching him win a, a figure skating comp- competition, and that to me was like so funny because <laughs> I never thought that a man should be like figure skating, and then I, it all made sense when he had like all these girlfriends, and yeah, watching him win a competition and having all these girls crowd around him, I was like, this is sick. <laughs> That's dope. Got some respect for them figure skaters now? <laughs> I guess so. The Elvis Stoikos of the world? Pretty much. You grew up in Saskatoon. Shouts to uh, the big homie, Owen Voidowich. Of course. How was growing up there, and then what made you move to Calgary eventually? Um, well, growing up there was pretty, you know, it's obviously a small town. I got up, I got into trouble pretty quick. I was skating a lot when I was really young, like from like age 10 to 13. And then I just started getting into trouble and started like smoking a ton of weed and doing mushrooms and selling all sorts of shit. And uh, I kind of got in trouble with the cops and I got arrested. I kind of got court ordered to go to like a rehab center at like age 15. And so I moved to Calgary and I never went back. Whoa. Wait, you didn't you didn't go to the <laughs> rehab center? Yeah. Like you just bailed? Well, I got court ordered to go there to get away from like what was going on. Cause I was like under like, uh, not house arrest, but uh, oh, it's like probation. Right. But, uh, yeah, I kept getting in trouble because it's a small town, right? Like, you know, the same people, the same cops, everything. And yeah, they just told me, like, either I was going to have to go to a foster home or I was going to have to, like, clean up my act. So I obviously tried to do that. So then, no, instead of, like, going to the rehab center, you just bolted to Calgary? No, no, no. The rehab center was in Calgary. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. we thought you were like, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> Dipping. Yeah, no, 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 no. So I came to Calgary to, like, get away from all my shitty friends and, you know, try and get a fresh start. And that's where it all began. Hell yeah. So I don't know if you want to uh, get into some real specific details, but uh, what went down when you were uh, a kid in Saskatoon? So I guess the, the story goes, 
I was uh, going with my friend. We were going to my dealer's house to pick up. And uh, so we're walking. It's the middle of winter, Saskatoon, like 15 years old. And it's about six o'clock at night. We're just walking and uh, a cop drives by us quite slow. And he drives to the end of the block and he starts to pull a U-turn. So I immediately take my backpack off and throw it over a fence. And we just keep walking casually. Um, the cop pulls up and he's like, just completely normal. Like, what are you guys doing? And we're just, you know, generic answer. Just going on from school. Yeah, yeah. Same old stuff. And he's like, hey, there's been a report of uh, a couple break and enters in the neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> you guys wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Of course. We're like, no. Uh, you guys don't mind making your uh, footprints in the snow so I could just take a look. Of course. We're like, yeah, sure. Make our footprints in the snow. He's like, oh, yeah, it's not you guys, so uh, just be on your way, enjoy your night, see you guys later. So he drives away, and of course, I'm thinking, okay, I got to go back and get my bag because it's, uh, I got a bunch of weed and a bunch of cash in there. So we're going to pick up, like I was saying, and uh, so I jump the fence, grab my bag, we keep walking, we're like down the street from, from the dealer's house, and he's like, cop pulls up from behind us no. and he's like hey boys uh he's like sorry to bother you again but uh can't help but notice like you didn't have a backpack last time Fuck. so of course i'm like oh yeah yeah i did he's like uh no you didn't it's like you mind if i look what's in your bag it's like uh yeah so i open my bag and there's just like a bunch of like homework and a hoodie and then at the bottom I don't know if you remember these, but there's like those old tobacco tubs for like rolling your own cigs. And uh, yeah, I just had two of those full to the brim of weed. Damn. He opened the one and I just batted it out of his hand and just all this weed went flying all over the road. And he was just like, you're under arrest, blah, blah. And I just started running. And of course, he started running after me and... Ended up, like, wrestling with this cop in the snow. Oh, damn, yo. I get cuffed and arrested, and my other friend, same thing. And uh, he calls all this backup and stuff, and that was pretty much it. Just uh, (laughs) age 15, got arrested with, like, a half pound of weed and three grand in cash. So, the newly appointed uh, sheriff of Calgary, what's kept you there all those years, and uh, how come you haven't moved yet? Well, I got this apartment above a store called the Kalamata, and I've lived here for like 10 years, and it's really cheap rent, and it's right downtown, and that's kind of been holding me here forever, and I've always traveled a lot, so I like a really quiet home base, and I don't know, Calgary's actually really good for skating. But it's definitely quiet. I've always had a lot of good close friends here, so I figured there's no point in in moving anywhere. So if you're traveling a lot, it's a good place to just go back to, eh? Somewhere chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, if I lived in Vancouver or Toronto or somewhere, like, I don't think I could have afforded to travel as much, Mm -hmm. you know, because rent and stuff is not as cheap. And 
I usually had like a good gig with like a skate shop or something where they let me come and go as I please. And I just had a really like casual lifestyle that allowed me to do a lot of the trips and stuff. So I just, it was just working. So I just kept with it. Yeah. Yeah. You got the home base, the uh, epic skate crib, Kalamata. Missed that place. Yeah, I always wondered why you never moved to the one of the bigger cities, but it makes sense when you break it down like that. It's just so comfortable, and it allows you to travel more. It's a good trade-off. I mean, I can't complain, and, you know, now it's been so long that, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way. And I am super privileged and lucky to, you know, travel quite a bit, and, like, you know, I always make it to Montreal, usually twice a year, and Vancouver at least once a year, and I don't really have to spend much time in Toronto, but... Uh, I get to travel across Canada quite a bit, and I definitely get to get my fill of each each place. Yeah, man, you didn't come through this summer. You better put some respect on Toronto's name, Doug. True. When was <laughs> you were here like mm, two summers ago? Yeah, maybe three. Just for like ten days. There's some bar hops that need to get handled out here, fam. That's your job. <laughs> Why are you trying to fly me in? You're the one with the contest about the bar hops. Yeah, switch. You ever done one switch? Hell no. <laughs> I did do it backwards. I did a fakie. I didn't do it switch. I did a fakie. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I still haven't done one yet. It's fucking bullshit. What's up with the one safe ollie? It's small? <laughs> I mean, it's not small. Like, I saw it. Didn't you ollie like three eye, in a row? It's, it's eye height. Like, you know, when you get over the bar, it's not like low to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just a really good one to like to go for, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I made him do it. You yeah. did? Yeah, we yeah. went together, but yo, Kev, man, you ruined my glory. I fucking do my first bar hop. It's such a big deal to me. And then this man, same sesh, he ollies three in a row and like <laughs> concrete powder posted. And I see it all over Instagram, just like shitting all over me. All my homies back in Toronto were like, damn it. Like he did one. And then that came out. And I remember their tech, Cody was texting we were hyped, me. Like, yeah. like, you saved us. Yeah, like, oh, you did the softest one. Like, Lowry did three in a row. Obviously, it's, like, not yeah. that gnarly. Casual little one. I, I get it, you. Thanks, Kev. Well, let's wait till they come out here. <laughs> Real talk. Yo, we'll see what's going on. If I come back, you know your boy is going over that shit switch. Yeah, Ryan Outen already switched all of it, but I'll let you have it. Damn. No, like, I'm not saying, like, to, like, film it or shoot it just to beat Morgan's bitch ass. Just to win the comp. Yeah. Morgan's fucking pro, dude. And you just went to Japan, <laughs> yo. Like, you should have had one out there. That's some real talk. All right, yo. Let's go back in time a little bit to your first trip to Europe. Tell us about meeting the Blueprint Squad and how that impacted you and, like, your relationship with those dudes. Well, to be honest, there's actually two trips. And the first trip, I actually just saw all those dudes skating at South Bank. And it was the first time I'd gone there. And I was just really stoked and then I came home and was like really hyped and was watching like a lost and found video, all that stuff. And then I kind of started getting boards from, I was like stoked on Blueprint and they got it at the distributor here at S&J and started getting Blueprint boards. And then I went over and with Owen and like met all those guys and stayed with Chewy and met him and all those guys and stayed at Chewy's house and Neil Smith and... That, to me, was, like, so sick because, like, all those guys lived in London. They all skated together all the time. It was, like, an actual team vibe. You know, two of the team guys lived together, and, you know, they were all super friendly right off the bat. You know, Jensen, Brady, all those dudes were super sick. It was right around the time of, like, Fully Flared, so they were, like, all ripping super hard. Oh, damn, yeah. All those guys, Sylvan, took a 
it was like real cool other than asking me if i was a red dragon right out the bat (laughs) out the gate other than that they were like really cool and after that i just kept going back but straight away i knew that that was one of the places i wanted to visit the most tell us a little bit about blueprint like kind of the end there and then what what were your thoughts on blueprint 2.0 in the states (laughs) well i mean in the end actually i kind of like it i mean maybe this is just me but like i chased that like dream for so long to get on the team and like i had a welcome part ready to come out on trans world and everything and like two weeks before everything kind of hit the fan and we all quit like I had to pull my own welcome part, which was kind of like, you know, crushing my own dream, like quitting the company that I was like Uh about to get on after like four years of trying to like make that possible. So it's kind of like, it was just real sad for me in a way, but we all, you know, quit because, yeah, the owner actually, Canadian Max Dufour of Premium Wood was actually the owner of it. Because he bought it, he was going to go to business, and he owned a wood shop, and he wanted to print, uh, you know, he needed graphics, he needed a brand to print. So he helped out, gave them this opportunity, then we all, you know, were skating for them, and they made the Make Friends video and all that, and then uh, pretty much, guys stopped getting paid, a couple guys quit, Chewy went to Palace, and uh, yeah, things were just crumbling with Shire living in LA, this wood shop in Canada, and then the brand being in the UK is like a you know a triangle yeah. people lost in translation and uh, so everyone quit that all folded the 2.0 I mean that was crazy <laughs> they just like chucked on a bunch of dudes and you know I you know what for those dudes I kind of feel like you know for the same thing as like alien 2.0 like my thoughts are like you know what for those dudes I don't even I'm not even bummed on them I'm like hell like you're getting a shot that's pretty sick you know yeah, like, yeah you know there's only so many seats in cars and you know some of these guys you know that it's like that's their opportunity so they gotta they gotta do their thing i'm not saying alien alien was is bad or was bad or blueprint but i can understand too but uh yeah the 2.0 was definitely devastating and a sad way to watch things come back and i don't know what well, didn't really go anywhere it just changed overnight but is what it is yeah, that was gnarly, man. I remember it was just like sad for like people who really were down for Blueprint. Hell yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got a stack of Blueprint boards behind me. I keep all that stuff. <laughs> the OG man. ones or the, yeah. the 2.0 Pro? No, the OG ones. I don't have any 2.0s. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> So you're lucky enough to travel the world and skate with some pretty epic teammates. What's it like moving around with Gons and Buzinitz and, and guys like that? Yeah, I've always liked traveling with Dennis. Best part about Dennis is he's going to show up in the morning. He's going to be the first one down to the van. He's completely ready to go. He doesn't need grip tape. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need to do anything. He's just ready. And the other best part is for the guy who could probably get away with the most or you know come up with the most excuses that's just not him he's just gonna show up and skate and that's pretty admirable especially in this day and age with the 
the things that go on behind the scenes. Yeah. And as we're traveling with Mark, I always liked it too because you never know what you're going to get. I can remember back to my first trip. We're in London. We just finished eating in this pizzeria and it's pretty fancy. And all of a sudden, Mark is、uh, skating in the restaurant. And、uh, yeah, I didn't know what to think. Like, are they going to kick us out? Is the manager going to freak out? But instead, he's practicing kickflips and. All of a sudden, the whole restaurant is giving a round of applause. And pretty much, I was like ready to head for the door with my head down, like, I'm not with him. But,、uh, and then you get the other side where he's just real soft spoken, just like the most kind hearted dude who's super quiet and really thoughtful and just completely normal. You know, so you never know what you're going to get. You never know. It's always a, a gamble, I guess. Roll the dice. Your skate parts have a high percentage of Ollies in them. Tell the people what, what's up with your love for the Ollie, dog. I see you skating flat. You got flip tricks. Honestly, it's probably that I always like, I go skate something and I'm just skating and I can Ollie it, but that's about it. I don't know about you guys, but like, I don't think I could kick flip like a bunch of bump to bars or something. You know what I mean? And I just, I kind of always just skate. I might have ideas and want to go do things, but. It always just happens, and I for sure do tons of Ollies. I mean, I have a hard drive full of them right here. I, but whatever. <laughs> and then later it just comes out like that, and I'm like, whatever. I don't know. It is what it is. There's no like plan behind it. Like, yeah, if I had an Ollie like his, I'd do more. No, real talk. I don't know. I'm not conscious of it. Like, I'm going to try and do like 40 Ollies in this part. And, like, <laughs> somehow at, at the end, I'm like, oh, there's 43 Ollies. <laughs> Damn. Whatever happens, happens. Pretty much. So,、uh, you made a pop in the Adidas video. How much fun was it working on that? I mean, it was pretty fun. We went、uh, a lot of, on a lot of trips and stuff. I'm not going to lie. I mean, like I said, I usually just skate and do whatever happens. And, but filming for something like that, you know, you kind of question a lot of like what, what you're doing and like, is it good enough? And I'm, I mean, as you can see, I'm not really, I don't have that level of trick where I'm like, Oh, this three flip crook is definitely good enough. I just skate and whatever happens. But <laughs> filming for something like that, you know, it kind of it was hard for me because I would start to question, you know, like, is this good? Is this bad? Oh, I already have one of these. Like, and it was pretty hard. And like, I never really knew, like, okay, are we, am I trying to film a video part? Am I trying to film 20 seconds? Or like, no one really told us. As like the international dudes, we were just like on the trips. And like, it's also kind of weird too. Like, so usually if you're working on something, you work on it with a filmer and you see the clips and you have ideas. Like, okay, I was wanted to go here and do this. But this was like, we go on a trip and I would never see the footage again. And like, not saying I can't remember it all, but you know what I mean? Like, after a few, two years of filming, I don't remember everything. You know, you never really got to like place it together. It was just kind of like do tricks, and then later it was like, oh, that's what it was. I mean, I'm not unhappy, but by all means, it's a different style that I've, I've never done it like that. I like to build something rather than just like. And on a trip, too, you go to a spot, you've gone there once, it's the first time you've ever been there, and you know, you're like, oh, I should do something, and sometimes you just do what you can do.、And、for me, it's like I'm beside Silas and Dennis, you know, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to hold these guys up for four hours trying this line. 
not saying I don't have worth, but you know what I mean? It's, that's intimidating too, compared to filming with my friends in Calgary. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, a little bit different. But then at the same time, it's like they flew you there, so you also have pressure to get some clips as well. Of course. And then, you know, you're like in a foreign country or something and you're like eating weird food or like I like to skate at night and like the other dudes aren't doing that. They're like, as soon as the sun sets, they're going to chill. And I'm like, oh, like I want to I go look in this crummy alley or like I'm going to look for spots. You know, people are like, but you still got to get up at like an early time and get in the van. Whether you skated till two in the morning with the filmer and they didn't sleep either. <laughs> you still got to be up by eight and then in the van by 10 or whatever, you know, like. It's just different. Uh, came out dope. Fucking, you had pretty much like your own full little part there. Yeah, I mean, I, I was hyped. Half cab flip nose manny, baby. That was my favorite clip. I thought Don was taking that one away. Me? <laughs> Why? I'm just bugging you. You said that you'll give me that one. Oh, yeah, in the Morgan one. Oh, oh, oh. Said something. That was butter. <laughs> we won't get into it. Damn, I think we're going to have to rewind the tape on this one. Kevin Lowry holding it down for Canada, making us proud. Excuse me? <laughs> you heard me. Save us. You heard me. Half cap put nose manny in the bank. Say something. That it was a good clip. I don't give remember. Him that one. I didn't watch. You'll give him that one? Are you going to take one away? No, I don't want to get into this. That, Shouts to my dog, That Lowry. means you probably should get into it. We love you, bud. But the beauty of it is you can just watch whatever parts you like. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I played myself. Lowry, don't forget, yo. <laughs> for those who don't know, you're the Adidas Canada team manager and you ride for the team. Pulling the old Josh Clark. What do your boxes look like compared to the rest of the team? Uh, I actually get the same amount of stuff, but to be honest, like, I mean, I'm privileged where I can, you know, if I need something that we don't get in Canada, I can get it from the States or whatever, but I just get a couple pairs a month and a couple shirts and leave it at that. Couple perks, eh? I mean, yeah, I'm not definitely not complaining. I mean, things are interesting, you know, with... Say my boss, like, she does not skateboard, so people don't understand always like, oh, like, it's like this, and they have all this money, and this much, like, try explaining to a lady that doesn't skateboard, like, no, these guys are, like, blazing through a couple pairs of shoes a month, like, I mean, a pair of shoes could last someone, like, two years. I'm like, no, no, these guys need, like, a lot of shoes. You become a translator. Yeah. You know? But it does have its perks, too, you know, like... We've got to go on some great trips and stuff, and not to slander any other brands, but uh, we've been lucky in Canada to to do some pretty good trips. You get to double dip a little bit. You get to go on the Canadian trips. That's right. Plan that shit with your boys, and you get the international trips, you lucky bastard. Yeah, I, I am definitely lucky. So it must be pretty nice being able to handpick your own skate team. Does it ever get weird when you have to manage the boys? I mean, to be honest, uh, I've only added two people in three years. I mean, it is nice. I mean, all those guys are my friends. That's part of the reason I wanted to skate for Adidas in the first place, you know? McGraw and Chuck and those guys, McCourt. That was all part of the reason I wanted to do it in the beginning, to skate for them. And then the job thing came along later. But uh, 
Yeah, I've only added two guys, Mike Campbell and uh, Ryan Witt. Campbell soup. Ever get weird though when you got to tell the the homies like to wake up or like just do shit like manage them? I mean, to be honest, like sometimes it's stressful because I'm like, okay, you guys, we gotta go do something or like we're here. But like the way I look at those trips is like, okay, none of these guys are like. We're not trying to make a video. We're not here on some crazy money. Not saying that it's not, you know, it's like these guys don't operate on that level where they're like, I got a contract of a video part, like some crazy stuff. I'm like, these guys skate naturally. They go out with their friends and skate and we are all friends. And that's what's going to work best for us. You know, even if we're in a foreign country or we're in Montreal, just do your thing. Eat some breakfast. Let's go skate. You know, maybe try not to drink too much. Like, every night but like that's not gonna help if i tell them like is that really gonna help them do a line tomorrow like i only have four beers not seven (laughs) is that gonna help i don't think so you know these guys are adults who's been the the highest maintenance rider over the years probably wade (laughs) i like i said like i'm a small fraction of the puzzle and you know say for someone like wade it's like this guy deserves like a spot on like the real deal or something and you know i could only do so much for him i told him that i never put him on the team then he started getting flow from the states and then they asked me to take it over and just kind of didn't really work out he had a, an offer and i was like dude you gotta do you but like me and him kind of didn't see eye to eye completely but i mean i respect him and his skating but i think on a friendship level it's probably better for us you know i have an iphone and you're the middleman. I'm the translator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's got that's gotta suck when you have to try and explain that to someone. Yeah, I mean, Wade's like a you know, a high level pro. I mean, is what it is. I think he deserves the world, so I told him, man, like you're the same as every other dude on the team and that's all I can do for you. He knows that. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. I've tried to explain that to the uh the lady who who you're translating for. It's like no, this yeah. one guy is exceptional. I was just gonna say they don't understand like hey like if you don't get this guy the right shoes like that's a problem like this is his like i mean it sounds cheesy but like this is his equipment like that's how you got to talk like if you give him a left-handed stick it's not gonna work out you know like you give him size too big or like volk shoes and he only skates cups so like that's a problem like, but that's kind of you know that's that stuff happens you know guys get like bulky shoes and they want Volk or something. Yeah. Wade did look mighty good in the three stripes though. Oh man, did he ever. Those clips were butter. Yeah. It's a good little uh, Wade era. I mean, if Wade still wants shoes, he's welcome back anytime. He's doing his thing over on S these days. Yeah. I want to see another Wade D video part. I want to see it, Wade. Let's see it. (laughs) Moving on to another guy on the squad. One of our favorites, Andrew McGraw, aka Uncle Drew, aka Can't Stop, Won't Stop. He's the hustler of pain, yeah. yo. Uh, any any funny McGraw stories hustling over the years? With McGraw, I mean, I, I I just like McGraw as a friend, and I've known him, you know, since before all this, and we're friends after this. So if he, like, sells a pair of shoes or something or, like, gets a jacket that is too big and sells it or whatever he's got to do, I mean, that's fine with me. Like, I wish I could buy that dude, like, a, a mansion and, like, you know, help out those boys, you know, and like pay their cell phone bills and like fly them around the world. But like, just is what it is, you know? I'm back in McGraw fully. Like he's the most skate rat dude of all time. And I mean that in all the good ways, you know? 
he's gonna skate no matter what whether he gets free stuff or he's filming or not he this guy just loves to skate he wants to break a sweat uh, he's definitely some inspiration if i could skate like that for fucking ever like he does i'd be a happy camper so habitat turned you pro first off congrats second we might need some boards for uh the studio here <laughs> So it's, uh, what's it like skating your own board? And what do you think of uh, the whole international board thing? I mean, a few people have asked me that, but it's like, I mean, the way that all stuff all comes around and it's all pretty funny. I mean, it's the same thing I just said before. It's like, there's only so many seats in a car and like, if Habitat wants to involve me and give me a board and put me out like in the videos and like, you know, give me an ad. I mean, I cannot complain whatsoever. And like, some of my, you know, some of my favorite skaters, especially Canadians, like I always looked up to Mike McDermott. And, you know, when that kind of came to the table, you know, thanks to Silas and Mark Suchu, it was like, I could not turn this down by any means. But like, I think a lot of dudes are kidding themselves when they're like, I'm on Crooked Flow in Canada and like, I'm going to do it. It's like, are you? Because I know about 30 other people who've been there. And unless you're like actually going down there and doing it, and killing it, I don't. I don't know. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you got to take what you can get to, you know. And, and I'm not saying I should be somewhere else by any means. I'm. Uh, I don't know if that sounds bad or if that sounds good, but I'm definitely happy and back in it for sure. It's not like it's like Habitat Canada made their own thing for you. Like Habitat, like put your name on a board. Like that's a. It's a huge level of yeah. respect on your name. Respect. Yeah, I mean, pretty stoked. Definitely stoked. Sorry, guys, just hold on for one second. I think we're getting a live report from the streets. Yeah, thanks, guys. Back out here. You already know what it is. Another great guest, local, local legend. Duncan McNaughton. Say what's up to the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they do, yo? <laughs> so, Dunk, you're a... Uh, an avid listener of the show, you know how we start this off. Uh-huh. Where are we at? Who's all here? We have Fairy Ledges right now with uh, Morgan Smith, Tommy T, six-year-old, Skyler from Ryerson, and we're having Ultimate Friendship. And your favorite landing juice? Coffee or water. Oh, H2O, staying hydrated, healthy man. You're known for your app, your your app for the skate spots, Skate Savant, Mr. Skate Savant himself. What was the main reason that influenced you to create such a thing? To solve the problem I had on skate trips for other skaters. And how's the reaction been? Great response, just not a massive user base. I was, like I said, I was just out in New York and I saw a couple of homies just whip it out. Mm-hmm. Made, me, made me pretty proud for you. You're Mr. Wax himself. You're Wax God. Yep. You want to go into a little bit of detail of what makes you, what possesses you to wax things to such an extreme extent? I don't like any friction. Um, I hate sticking. Sticking is actually scarier than slipping out. I like to try a lot of flips out of slides and generally just adjust my weight a lot. Well, I'm I'm on board with you. I, I like wax. Maybe not to that extent, but I'm, I'm a waxer for sure. I've heard stories of uh, you getting a little craze on the ledges and putting a little bit too much or just pissing off some people. Do you have any stories you want to put on wax? Um, yeah. There was uh, my first time I went to San Francisco for a while, and I was young. It was my first kind of big trip. I was 19, and uh, Brad Johnson, um, 
was skating at Third and Army a lot at the time, and uh, he was trying a line for like two and a half weeks, and I was skating at Third quite often watching it. He was hating on my wax, but as we all know, Third and Army yelling at me and saying stupid stuff. Him and that other, uh, what's that guy's name, Matt Jones. Both of them were kind of heckling me, and I'm like, this spot is massive, guys. Like, come on, get real. Like, there are 50 fucking ledges, and I waxed like two of them, and you're not even skating them. Like, get the fuck out of here. And uh, I guess one morning, uh, you know, I heard him kind of tap off his evening and say, oh, I'm going to come tomorrow and uh, get this line. There's going to be nobody here. So sure enough, he came the next morning, and uh, I was already there. And uh, he tried his line for a little. Uh, he got on the phone or something. I didn't really pay much attention, but I found out later in my trip that he got on the phone with one of his buddies and called them, and uh, he says to them, I swear to... I get here at 10 a.m.? Yup, someone's here. I swear to God, this fucking kid lives here. And I really I really cherish that, and uh, thanks, Brad Johnson, if you're listening. Embrace that? And I really embraced it, yeah. I was sick, and I know firsthand, too, a lot of... I think every Frisco head I've met over there hates wax. Like it was like a big no-no even at like pier seven days. It's like no, you don't wax it, you just go faster. Yeah. All right, you're you're known to always hit the road and kind of go off on your own little tangent and explore different pockets of the world. What would be your I would say top three destinations and why? Let's let's maybe go outside of the box to like a little a little yeah. All right, Copenhagen, Denmark. That's still kind of in the box, but uh, I've never been there. Yeah, it's it's obviously it's it's definitely coming up right now. Any any skater should get a ticket over there and check it, because you can literally skate wherever you want. You're not going to get kicked out of like literally anything, even an office building or anything. And the architecture and the open mind towards uh, public space is incredible over there. And probably the way that skateboarding is viewed too. Yeah. For, for kind of like a big metropolis city, I was a, a really big fan of Sydney, Australia. Sure. They had a they had a big layout, a lot of uh, open plazas, which I'm a big fan of in the, their downtown core, and some a lot of them were in a bust. Everything seems super smooth out there. Too. Everything, yeah, this, the courtyards were super smooth. So yeah, I would say there. And if I had to pick one more, let's go with San Juan, Puerto Rico. Oh shit! You know, it blew my expectations away this winter. Uh, there's tons of plazas to skate. We didn't. We were there for a week. We didn't get kicked out of one spot. You can go there without a car. Although we had this kooky tour guide <laughs> telling us we needed a car. Don't get him to show you around. He's insane. Anyways, um, you can use my app. Uh, yeah, tons of plazas, no bust, and you can kind of do whatever you want. It didn't even seem like there were laws there. Just guidelines. What's probably the biggest dud? I would have to go with either Vancouver, Canada, Ooh. or. Uh, Melbourne, Australia. All the spots are fucking capped, literally. Like, everything. I'll say Vancouver's the biggest dud. I'll go on wax. Yeah. I lived there. I don't know how I did it for so long. There's... Plaza's sick, but aside from that, there's no street spots to do anything. Unless you like jumping downstairs, which are super rough and whatever. Alright, Dunk. Thanks for fucking coming on the show. You want to say a parting note to the people? Just skate and have fun. It's all about friendship. Thanks, Dunk. Back to the guys at Studio E. Well, for those of you who don't know, that's uh, what story time with Duncan is like. Now let's get back into the interview. All right, so what's up next? I had a couple little things on the go. Um, I guess I got like a little clip for Habitat coming out, but I'm not sure when that is. Then I guess they're making a, another little Habitat video, similar to like Search the Horizon. 
and I think that should be out in 2017. Damn. We'll see. Lowry yeah. gonna be in that official habitat thing, eh? Yeah, well, I've tricked him so far. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that and then some Adidas making some edits. And they're doing like a London thing and some other thing. And yeah, honestly, nowadays it's pretty much just all like some web thing, which kind of feels a little bit empty, but yeah. is what it is. Adidas stays cooking shit up, eh? The times have changed, but at least. For Adidas, like they're like one of the best companies at at putting out really good online edits. So it's something that isn't forgotten. Like the next day, you know. You're really trying to get that box, aren't you? Whoa! <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Yo, Craig, Nike all day, it. blood. Yeah. Blazer gang, what's up? Taking anything. Yeah, I'm trying to get a box too. So we got a new segment going down this week. It's called Quick Questions with DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Quick Questions, yo. That's fresh. Let's y- get it. Y'all already know what it is. It's Rapid Fire with the Ghost with my main man, Kev. You ready, Deggy? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, favorite skater? I probably like Jake Johnson and Ave. Favorite video? Uh, probably like Last of the Mohicans or something. Favorite video part? Probably Jake Johnson and Minefield. Classic. But the the Jeezy re-edit. Favorite trick? It's probably the switch hard. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> probably Backsmith. Hardest trick for you? Switch everything. Most illegal trick? Uh, late flips. No, late shove it. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? In Elephant Direct, I tried to like board slide this C-Hubba and I just do like a backbreaker on it. I get the most response for that, the slam. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Probably Miles Silvis. Now he does this gap back Smith in uh, Philly on this rail. It's like a double king tan rail, but you gap to the down and he gap back Smith it. And I've never seen someone fall so many times on like the harshest ground. He's bleeding from like every fucking bone in his body. <laughs> he just kept trying and uh, like it was like not funny or anything. It was just like devastation. Insane, especially someone like Miles, where you watch them their part and you just assume he does everything in like three tries. Well, he usually does, but yeah, it's kind of cool to hear that he actually falls like the rest of us. Landing juice of choice. I was on a kick there for a minute where uh, I was getting these uh, chocolate espresso milkshakes. If I got a trick, <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> Worst bunt of your career. I don't even know if this counts. Okay, I had a dream that I've. Yeah, I tried to melon grab a 14 there when I was like 17. I don't know why. But uh, yeah, I had a dream that I very heel flipped it. And I like legitimately was like asking like my homies. I was like, yo, is that a sign? Like, should we go there? And like, I just killed myself on this. Oh, So I didn't actually go try it, but uh, I thought that was a sign for a second. <laughs> Does that count? Is that a bunt? Yeah, that's is that a the bunt? biggest like, was- mental bunt ever. <laughs> It's such a bunt that you didn't even bunt it physically. (laughs) What's the one trick that got away? That varial heel. (laughs) Who's your guilty pleasure skater? 
Actually, I don't know if it's like a guilty pleasure, but like, I think people probably wouldn't really think that I get juiced off of like, say like the America video or something. You're not like hyped on Greg Lutzka like me? No, no, I heard that. That's that's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite local brand? Studio and uh, yeah, Lewis Cruz is pretty sick. Favorite local skater? Probably Jeff Thorburn. Favorite teammate ever? Probably Al Davis. Or Chewy Cannon. Worst company? Um, <sighs> Nike. <laughs> you better bring the gunshots. Oh, hell no. Worst trend? Podcast. Oh. Oh, hell no. <laughs> just yo. kidding. God damn it. Wave, just dog. coming at yeah. me. <laughs> Worst style? Probably Rodney Mullen. I respect him, but he does not have style. Last person you want on the sesh? Anyone who's bumming. Anyone who's focusing their board. All right, that's going to wrap up the interview with Kevin. Thanks a lot for giving us a little piece of your time, Doug. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, and uh, I can't wait to see your guys' new video parts. <laughs> yeah, they're coming. We're going down to Boston, you know. We got some business down at Eggs. We got all these boxes coming. I want to see some fucking oh! skating. Keep saying that. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, this trend of uh, podcasting continues, eh? Yo, Kev's coming at your boys, yo. But yo, thanks so much. Miss you. Hope to see you soon and fucking shred it up, dog. All right, boys, get to bed. Hell yeah, peace. Y'all know what it is. We moving over to the post office, cracking open these emails. You've got mail. What we got first, say? Uh, first up, we got an email from Jay Payton. Sup, boys? Right when I got to the park the other day, got one warm-up line in. A kid rolls up and asks me, what do you think of Mongo pushers? I realized this kid was confessing his Mongo sins to me. He also apparently wasn't going to skate the park in my presence until I gave him the green light to push Mongo. I encouraged him to learn to push regular, but he refused and insisted on living a Mongo lifestyle. So I gave him the green light to be Mongo. Did I do the right thing? Should I have banished him? (laughs) The strict answer is yes. You should have banned him. I just think Mongo is something that seems like if you did push Mongo as a kid, you grow out of, no? A key factor left out in the email was how old was the kid? Because, yeah. you know what I'm saying? If once you cross that age 13, maybe barrier, you know what I'm saying? There's no going back. It just moves over. We are big fans of the strong Brazilian switch Mongo push. That's the only exception we fucks with. That's some real talk. If you're over a certain age or you're Brazilian, you can push switch Mongo. But it's got to be strong too. No, no weak shit. Yeah, like Stevie Williams, you know what I'm saying? Those strong switch that's Mongols. It. That's some real talk. But I would I would have forced him to, to push regs. I'm kind of harsh on, on people. Yo, shouts to Neil Blackwood still. <laughs> he did a 5-0 switch crook in front of me at Dunbat, and I nearly banned his ass, yo. <laughs> to Neil? No, Sorry, Neil, you're no. a savage on the board, but you know what I'm saying? Them 5-0 switch crookses are just as illegal as pushing Mongo in my books. All right, moving right on. Next up, we got an email from Jay Soy. 
Dear the Bunt, what is the Red Dragon curse? Okay, here we go. The curse? I guess the Red Dragon curse is some people perceive it to being like, once you ride for the Red Dragons, you're going to have a whack career because some people don't really respect the dragons. But I thought about it a while ago. I actually think I've mentioned it on the pod. If you look at the history of a lot of the Red Dragons, some dudes have had some tremendous careers. Some dudes who came up through the Red Dragons, they've actually blessed so many Canadians. It's not for everyone, but they do a lot for skating, especially Canadians. And um, I don't know, I think the curse is a myth. Shouts to the Dragons, yo. Sasha Daly came up through them. Russ Milligan, Paul Magno. Um, Our very own In the Streets reporter, DGK Wade, had a piece of the Dragons. Yeah, man. Um, Cody Brown, we didn't forget that. <laughs> Paul Liliani, legends like Sluggo, Colin McKay. Yeah, man, it ain't all bad. Ryan Smith. I mean, it's, it's Toothpick Gang now, which is... I mean, yeah, the Dragons... This day and age, but yo, Ryan Desenzo, tremendous career. So the dragon curse, I don't really know. I don't know. It's it's not really a curse on your career, I don't think, as much as it's just how people perceive you when you're a dragon. Uh, next up, we got an email from Adam C. What's really good, Nigis? <laughs> that term's catching on. If you could each steal one trick and drop one trick from the other fool's bag, what would you choose? Damn, man's trying to spark some beef over here, eh? That's all right. We keep it like that. It's chill. I bet most people think I'm going to say switch tray, but for my good homies, they know I got the switch trays unlocked these days. <coughs> Cough. So um, I'm going to go with the switch back tail. I'll give you some respect on that. You got a nice one. Roy Thompson, black marble, no biggie. I just want like a little chill one like at the pond or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Enough respect, blood. <laughs> and then uh, to drop a trick... Gonna have to go with your nollie back lips, man. You know, regs or fakie, neither of them are the answer. Oh, hell no. Just, yeah, for you kids out there, like, just forget about that one, you know. <laughs> it ain't worth it. I gotta come clean and ad- admit that you might be right. <laughs> First person to call me out on those was Wade, like, four years ago or something. And at the time, I was, I'd never heard that nollie back lips were not that sick. But... Then again, I grew, we grew up in the time where, you know what I'm saying, we're looking up to the Grant Pattersons, the Windsor James, those like, you know, tech rail rail dogs. And that's what that's what inspired me back in the day. If I could do it on a handrail, I'll do it. But mm, flat bars kind of sus. So you're done with them? Well, yeah, I'm not skating handrails anymore. I'm an old man. So I guess the nollie back lips are dust unless I'm heel flipping in. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Thanks for sending in that question. Damn, Adam, you just removed a trick from my bag. All right, yo, let's flip the switch on Nigis, eh? Donald, if I could steal a trick, you know what I'm saying? I would definitely grab. I've wanted to learn this one for years. I've tried, and it just doesn't work. I can't get my shoulders to do it. Coming up front side, Nolly 180 to switch back 5-0, front 180 out. The backbreaker of pain. My man them did it butter the other day. We'll post it up on Instagram. <laughs> At the Bunt Live real soon, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you think we just talking in this room, yo? We skate too, eh? <laughs> we hit dumbass. And then a trick to remove? Yo, this is too easy, dog. No, that's what's hard. You had a hard time thinking. Don't don't front. Yo, but then when it came to me, it was like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <sighs> you you better just stop trying, stop stressing. Just give up on those back tails, dog. 
I don't know what it is, but for some reason you stick every single time. <laughs> it's, that, it's me and McCrank, man. We just got trouble going backside, yo. Don't ever compare your backtails to McCranks. <laughs> just trying to grab onto something here. At the longest one I've probably ever seen you do in your life is like a foot and a half. That's a, I take it. <laughs> so yeah, drop them backtails. Just just give up, Doug. Yeah. So Adam C taking tricks out of Niggy's bags. That's what you came here for, eh? I feel you. <laughs> Alright, let's move on, yo. We still friends in here. Alright, next question coming up from Andrew Davidson. What inspired you to start this podcast? And if anyone else out there is looking to start a podcast, what advice would you give them? For us, the inspiration was the fact that I think we just both love podcasts so much. And we love sports so much. And we've been skaters our whole lives. So it all just came together like, yo... Let's just start our own podcast for shits and giggles. Had no clue that people would be listening around the world. We're just kind of doing it for fun as a little Toronto thing. We're so hyped to see it growing slowly but surely and appreciate everyone listening, especially all you people around the world that we had no clue we'd ever reach out to. Shit's fun as fuck still. I mean, if you think like we'd started this thing just interviewing some of our friends and just to like in the short period of time to look back and see that we've already interviewed McCrank and P-Rod. We're just as surprised as you guys are. We're going to continue to just let it grow, man. Try and get some of these skaters. But I mean, as far as inspiration, it's Jalen and Jacoby, man. Jalen and Jacoby, number one podcast. Two funniest dudes. If you guys are about the sports life, definitely subscribe to them and you'll see where we got our inspiration from so much. Uh, we, we took so much from their pod to try and make our own little skate version of it. Uh, as far as starting your own podcast, all you got to do is stop bunting and just <laughs> just get on it. Me and Dono will maybe release it in like a year or something just for shits and giggles. Our very first podcast was oh, just God. recorded off Donovan's phone and it was just me and him talking for like 15 minutes. Sent it to eight friends of ours for feedback. Yeah, we just went went for it the next week with Morgan. Yeah. The second try with Morgan Smith. He uh, he went out there on a limb and came over and agreed to do that one. So we, we owe Morgan uh, a real interview now, but thanks to him for sure for uh, sparking it. Yeah. So yeah, don't worry about equipment when you're getting started. Just do a, a test run. Like Just stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. Just do it. And... There's going to be growing pains. If you go back to our season one and listen to the first few episodes, and not to say that we're experts now, but no. it's just like you're not going to start off perfect. So just start recording now and and just let it grow. All right, that's going to wrap up the post office, our favorite segment. Keep sending in them emails to thebuntlive at gmail.com. Shouts to all y'all around the world listening. You feel me? Hey. <laughs> All right, y'all, it's the rundown. You know what I'm saying? The skateboarding world source for sports. Let's get it. Let's spark you with that NFL Week 6 recap, Deggy. We got New Orleans 41-38 to 38 for the Carolina Panthers. Damn, B. Cam Newton, what's really good? Yo, starting the year 1-5. and five. It's, uh, it's a little bit different than this 15-1 and one last year. I mean, I don't think they can come back, but everyone knows you go up against Drew Brees in the Dome. 
he's going to lay a whooping on your ass. 465 yards and four TDs. That's why he's on my fantasy team, G. That's a mad thing, B. The man went 15 and 1 last year. They can't catch a break these days. They lost to a kick with 11 seconds left, 52 yards. That's some real shit. That is, bro. Yo, you surprised me with that info. Respect. Yeah, I'm a true NFL man these <laughs> days, yo. <laughs> I can't take that. Uh, all right, moving on. We got the goddamn Miami Dolphins winning despite Ryan Kilpatrick's bitch ass. <laughs> There we go. It's Ryan Tannehill. Oh, my oh, you bad. Get, you get the drift. <laughs> what everybody thought was the lock of the week, the Pittsburgh Steelers going down to Miami. But, man, Big Ben cannot get it done on the road. He had a little bit of an injury scare, left the game for a little bit with a hurt knee. But, you know, even when he came back, he couldn't get it done. Antonio Brown with only 39 yards. Come on, man. You should have been scorching the Miami defense. That's some real talk. Big Ben's my, my only quarterback. He got hurt, left the game, thought I was going to cry, but then he came back. You know what I'm saying? Got me a couple points. But anyways, let's move on. New England, 35. Cincinnati, 17. Doug, your boys are looking at it out there, eh? Tom Brady and Gronk, what's really good? Oh, man, it only took till week six to get the first connect, but you know I needed it. Tom Brady, man, three TDs, no interceptions. The Gronk, 162 yards receiving. They just outmatched the Bengals. The Bengals played a good game, but you can't go into uh, Foxborough and expect to come out with a win. <laughs> Real shit. All right, moving on. We got the New York Giants, 27 to 23 for the Baltimore Cardinals. Ravens. <laughs> you got it's a bird at least. <laughs> Real talk. Anyways, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Not a fan, but he's finally starting to cook. Yeah, you're not a big fan of him. I think a lot of people lost some faith in him, but 222 yards, two TDs, and a big hug for the kicking net. Hey, man, all's well in New York if they can start stringing off a couple of wins here. Yeah, they're going to need Eli Manning to fucking stay sharp because that nigga's been loose all year. The team's been looking hella whack, in my opinion. Yeah, no running game. Puts a lot of work on the shoulders of Eli, but... He seems like he's a one-read quarterback. I mean, if the first receiver he looks at isn't open, the offensive line isn't giving him enough time to find the second or third. So hopefully Odell's getting 222 yards every week. Nah, because he's on Joel Scullard's team. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's time. We taking it back to the association. Save is going to break down the Eastern Conference, tell us who's going to be in the playoff picture and who's going to be out. Break it down. All right, y'all. First, before I get into my top eight, I'm just going to say I got the Washington Wizards and Charlotte Hornets on the bubble. In the number eight seed, I got the New York Knicks. They've got a new coach, a bunch of new players, a whole bunch of injury potential. But if they can keep it together, I think halfway through the season, they start stringing some win streaks together and they get themselves a playoff spot. At number seven, I got the Chicago Bulls. Same thing. New coach, a whole bunch of new faces. I don't really like the makeup of their team, but they missed the, They barely missed the playoffs last year. I think that's really going to sting. Dwayne Wade's got a lot of pride. Butler wants to show that he can do it without D. Rose. If Rondo can keep his head on straight, I think they squeeze into the playoffs as well. At number six, I got the Detroit Pistons. I would have had them higher, but we got my man Reggie Jackson injured. Supposed to come back 
in December at some point. So I think they might be off to a rocky start. They've got Ish Smith, who's kind of a loose ball in there to start the year. But otherwise, great coaching. Stan Van's done a great job as coach, GM. And like I said, they would have been higher if it wasn't for Reggie's injury. At number five, we got the Atlanta Hawks. Another another team who had a lot of offseason movement. They picked up Dwight Howard, but they lost all-star Al Horford. Kyle Korver's a year older. Kent Bazemore is the starter over there now. Uh, Jeff T got shipped out. Yeah, Schroeder's going to have some big shoes to fill. But I think they're going to have a rocky start as well. But I think they start stringing wins together, you know, as the year goes on. Dwight's got a lot to prove. Now that bottom four was super hard, and I could see that changing a lot. But that's who I got so far. The top four, at number four, I've got the Indiana Pacers. They're my favorite team on paper in terms of offseason moves. Their new starting five is amazing, but I think it's going to take a little time for them to mesh. Monte Ellis, Paul George, Jeff Teague, Miles Turner, and an underrated pickup, Thaddeus Young. Expect the Pacers to to really start picking it up after All-Star break and uh, breaking into that top four if they're not already there. At number three, I've got the Toronto Raptors. We've kept our team relatively the same. We finished second in the East last year, but I think the teams around them made some nice moves to step up and, and you know, make it a little harder for the Raptors to run away with the second seed this year. Uh, Lowry and DeRozan look to them to be all-stars again. It's going to be on and popping in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, especially for those burger sales. We got so fat in the... In the T dot now, you know Burger Priest gonna be popping. Five guys gonna be popping. Jared Sullinger, man, lay off the cheeseburgers. All right, that leaves two teams. Next up, I've got the Boston Celtics. Love their offseason acquisition of Al Horford. They've already got my one of my favorite two guards in the league, Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, the Pizza Man, coming off an All Star year. Expect him to be just as good, if not better. Jay the Thief Crowder. They got, yeah, Crowder in the building. Uh, their center spot, you know what I'm saying? They'll probably play some small ball it's with Al Horford door. at the five. I think because they're only adding one huge piece and they're already a really good team last year, they added that missing firepower, you know, a stretch for all-star caliber. Look to them to, to mesh early in the season and really fucking get it popping. And then... Of course, at number one, we've got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Of course. They just re-signed my main man, J.R. Smith. $14 million a year. Four years, $57 million. Turn up. Hate the Cavs, but I'm happy for J.R. And we all know the East is just the Cavs fucking conference. Did you see uh, first public sighting of J.R. Smith since he signed his new deal was at the Cleveland Indians ball game, drinking Jack Daniels out the bottle, the man celebrating. You know, I got to say, I agree with your top eight. The only moves I might make is uh, I'm going to slide Indiana into the two spot, put the wraps in the three, and then Boston down in the four. You know, I just got love for Kyle and DeRozan. They stay cooking in the regular season. Wow, I'm surprised you got the Pacers over the Celtics interesting uh i just think it's going to take them a little time to get their groove but once they do get it yeah anything could happen it's the east is uh it's looking pretty it's looking pretty fun on paper last year i thought the same thing and it was just a joke but i think this year you know what i'm saying some teams made some nice moves and uh one name to watch for in the uh eastern conference my main man dario saric for the <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, we just drafted our basketball teams today. Your boy's feeling nice with his squad still. Sleeper of the year. Shouts out to the League of Mont Satan, Dario Saric. I'm accepting no trade offers on that, man. <laughs> yo, y'all ain't never heard of Tim Frazier, yo. It's a wrap this year, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with wrapping up the rundown, unfortunately, another episode of The Bunt comes to an end. Thank you guys for listening. It's a wrap. It's a fact, y'all. Shouts to Lowry. Thanks again for joining us here at The Bunt. Catch y'all next week, eh?